Hey, my name is Russ, and you're listening to the Russ Rants Podcast. To show about a lot of nothing, and yet a whole lot of something at the same time, could be about what generally infuriates me, current events, or just whatever comes to the top of my head. Either way, I am excited that you're here with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get on to the rant. Well, hello again, and it's your your good old pal, Russ, back again for uh, our second episode ever. And uh, I don't really know how people felt about the first one because it was so short. I was sick and coughing all the time, and I didn't really get a lot of feedback. So I'm assuming that people are kind of on board still with the podcast. And not that it really matters uh, because um, it's if you're not liking it, you don't have to listen to it. That's totally your right. But welcome back again. Uh, so thankful that you, you decided it was worth a second look to listen. I uh, just wanted to let you guys know. That again, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, under Instagram, I go under uh, Palsy. So that's P U 1 L C E Y. That's P U 1 L C E Y. And you can find me on Twitter at Bird. That's B Y R D underscore Russ, R U S S. But yes, so excited to have you guys back uh, for our second episode ever of Russ Rants. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, it's been, it's been a busy week. It's been. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty tired and, uh, it's typically, especially being a family man, uh, doing the podcast is typically gets pushed to the side, mostly just because I'm busy living life. I'm busy taking care of three kids and my, my beautiful, gorgeous wife and say lovey. That's, that's how life goes. Um, but I, I hope you guys had a good week too. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, please do not be afraid to comment on Podbean. That is where you're probably and hopefully listening to this. Um, it's a wonderful platform that has graciously allowed itself to be there for people like me uh, who need a good, safe place to uh, project their their uh, their podcast and be able to not have to spend money right now. <laughs> Does that sound bad? It doesn't matter. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well. I'd love to hear how you guys are doing. Uh, please don't hesitate to contact me and reach out. Uh, today, it's it's kind of just a simple rant, and it's not even a rant, but it is something that I observed uh, over the last week, maybe week and a half. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It has been uh, a very emotionally draining week, um, something very dear to my heart. It's a nonprofit organization uh, that I'm a part of, Um I've kind of been there, not since the beginning, but it's it's been something that I've been heavily involved with and then stepped back from and heavily involved with over the years. Um, and there's just, you know, it, there's good stuff going on in this organization, but, you know, to care about anything, uh, you, you have to risk your emotions, right? You have to risk uh, how you feel about it and, you know, changes happen, you know, decision-making happens. So it's just really draining. So that's kind of a little bit of the beginning of my week. I uh, hope your guys' week has been great and stellar. Um, but today, I actually just wanted to talk about uh, something that kind of um, caught my notice. You know, I'm a, I'm a sports guy. I love I love sports, all sports. But there there is the order of I'm a I'm a football guy first, uh, then probably basketball and then probably hockey, and then baseball, and you know all the other sports kind of get jumbled into there. Uh, and no, tap dancing is not a sport, and that is why it is not listed on that list. So if you're not a sports fan, bear with me, because this isn't going to be an episode all about sports. It's going to be an episode um, about something that kind of sports is good at demonstrating, but I think it kind of translates to life in general. So what, what had caught my fancy 
is uh, in, in hockey, I'm a sports guy, okay? They've got three forwards, is what they're called, two defensemen, and a goalie, all right? Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about and you've never watched hockey, go back under the rock of which you came. No, I'm just kidding. If you don't care and you don't really know what I'm talking about, but like three forwards in hockey, their responsibility is to score and to provide offense. Uh, the defense, obviously, they're defenders, so they're, they're two pairings there to kind of shore up the line, defend it, and the goalie obviously stops the pucks from going in the net. Why is this relevant? And why are you pulling your hair out listening to this podcast? Because there's a, there's a position in hockey called a center. Okay, they're typically the people that if again, if you're not really into hockey, that's cool. But whenever the puck drops, it's called a face off. And when that face off happens, typically it's the center that's responsible for doing the draw. Um, And they kind of are the ones responsible when the puck is dropped to win the puck for their side and get possession of it. And centers are also kind of like. I played soccer growing up. I never played hockey, but again, I just pay more attention to hockey than I do soccer now. But in soccer too, you kind of equate it to someone called a midfielder, and their job is to stir up offense on one side. But if the puck or the ball starts to go in your own side, you are one of the first, if not, you are the first forward that comes back. So the center has a lot of responsibility, I've noticed. So the defenders are there to defend. The forwards, they're called the right and left wing in hockey. Again, you don't really care, but I'm trying to paint a picture for you. So the right and left wing is there to stir up offense. The defenders are there to play defense. And then you've got this guy caught in the middle. That's why in soccer it's called the midfielder, and in hockey it's called the center. And he has to be in charge of both ends. He has to be there stirring up offense. And then he also has to be the first one back whenever the puck or the ball is in his own end. And I was thinking about this just in life, how even regarding that nonprofit thing that I'm, I'm kind of like wrestling with, it, it, you can't have your cake and eat it too a lot in life. Very rarely are you guys going to be in a situation where you want tons of results, tons of change, tons of breakthrough or instant gratification and you've put zero or very little I don't know involvement into the into the product. Uh, it could be in business, it could be a nonprofit group like me that I'm involved in. It could be in your relationships. A lot of us, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, those are worse because then you know that there's a problem. But a lot in life, it's almost like a natural law. I was actually thinking of before the podcast to kind of open up like Newton's laws of physics, like, you know, an immovable force or, um, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know physics. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I hated physics. But, you know, an unstoppable object meaning an immovable force, you know, the inclined plane. It's natural law, right? Like gravity takes hold. You know, if you hit this, it hits that. It's, it's equal motion, all that crap. You physics guys... Pull your hair out. I don't care. It's fine. That's not why we're talking about. This is not why you listen to Russ Rance's to discuss physics. There are different podcasts for that. I welcome you to investigate who they are. But I was thinking about how this whole idea of you can't get out what you don't put in. And a lot of you guys are like, well, no, duh, Russ. Like, we know that. Well, thank you very much for, for filling us in. No, 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 no. I feel like a lot of the times we forget or we think it's not natural. We think, well, I'm just, you know, you're just not pulling your weight. 
or you know, if we had done this strategy different in business or in our relationship or on our sports team, if we had done this strategy differently, we would have gotten different results. And I feel like a lot of people, especially my age, tend to focus on the results and they forget to realize how they got there. So I hope you're tracking with me. But a lot of the time, people are upset when a a relationship or a dating relationship crumbles or at least begins to crumble or, well, I didn't know that she felt that way or I had no idea that she actually was like, you know, feeling like I was suffocating, you know, like I was too, you know, make her feel claustrophobic or in business. Well, I had no idea that we were bleeding revenue out of this one sector that we failed to take care of or this one customer left us because they felt neglected. Like it, it, it's a natural thing when you don't put something in, when you don't put your effort or your involvement, whatever you want to call it, you don't get anything back. And the reason why this got me thinking about it is because in in hockey, again, sports, we're going back to sports really quick. In hockey, you know, finding a good right or left wing who can score goals, that's rare too. And they're very skilled players. They're very talented. And defenders, they're they're, they're very talented as well. To find a good defender that can shut down the other people's offense is fantastic. But the thing I keep hearing more and more of in the hockey world, again, bear with me, but in the hockey world, there is almost like this weird esteem or respect for centers. Because they have so much more responsibility than just putting the puck in the back of the net or on the defense keeping the puck out of the net. These centers, these midfielders, are responsible both ways. They're kind of dipping their toes into you know moving forward and advancing and getting a, you know a point for their team, and at the same time making sure that the back door doesn't stay open and they don't let one in. And that's a lot of pressure. But I thought about it, and the thing that kind of has kind of caught my attention is, like I said, observing people's success stories based on what they put in or what they didn't put in. So I'm kind of a fan of LinkedIn. My my new job that I've taken into, it, it requires a lot of networking. I'm in sales. I've actually been in sales for over six years now. Um, and there used to be a stigma with sales because, you know, you you think of sales and you think I'm going door to door knocking and trying to sell you a vacuum cleaner. That I am not doing. Although, funny thing, my dad actually did that for a little bit. Kudos to him and respect to you, dad, if you ever listen to the Rush Rants podcast. Um, no, but in sales, I'm a networker and I have to build more and more relationships. And so I'm really big now into the online community called LinkedIn. And I never liked LinkedIn at all because I'm really, I'm a social butterfly in case you guys didn't notice. I, I love Twitter, love Facebook. Um, I've never gotten into Tumblr, but Instagram, I really love Instagram. Again, you guys can follow. Um, I'd love to follow you too. Message me. Um, but with LinkedIn, it's a whole, whole new world. It's, it's a, it basically, it's not even, they, they get angry at you if you call it like a Facebook for professionals because it is not meant to be Facebook at all. Yes, you can message people. Yes, you can post stuff. You can post articles. You can post success stories, but it is meant to be a professional social community and they, they protect that. So if there's way too much, you know, like Facebook ish posts on it, they'll warn you or they'll let you know, or you'll lose followers straight up. And on LinkedIn, I have learned so much um, just by observing people 
there are some people that are looking for coaching, and so coaches reach out. Uh, I follow some business coaches. Very fascinating. Um, Lewis House, he's not a business coach, but he's a motivational speaker. Very cool story. I encourage you guys to look him up. That's L-E-W-I-S space House. That's H-O-W-E-S. So Lewis House. Very cool guy. That is not who I'm talking about, but just a little blurb for you. Then you've got like motivational speakers and businessmen like Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's kind of talking about, and no, I'm not going to mention him right now, but he does a book. I think I'm going to read it. Hold me to it. But it's called The Thank You Economy. And I'd really like to read it because I think it's on the premise that I'm actually talking about today. But the person I've never heard of, and you guys are going to think I have been hiding under a rock, but the person I've never heard of is, I think his name is John. Now I'm second guessing myself. It, it's, it's, I think it's John Bezos. John Bezos? Let me just see. Yeah, it's John. It's not Jeff. I don't know why I thought Jeff. That's fine. Oh, no, it is. Oh, it is Jeff. Ah, that's funny. Okay, well, you're all welcome. See, this is how, this is how preparation, preparation I do, and I don't care. That's fine. I'm just glad I looked it up. Jeff Bezos is the creator, CEO, founder, chairman of Amazon. And you probably all knew that before I did, but I, I was very socially kind of ignorant. I, I didn't really care about you know the business world that much because I wasn't ingrained in it before. I worked in insurance and a lot of the leads and customers that came to me were fed through a system and I just had to take care of them. Whereas now that I'm more into commercial corporate sales, I have to go out and find them. And so anyways, I found more and more articles about this fascinating dude, Jeff Bezos. And this guy in the 80s or late 90s founded Amazon. And his parents thought he was insane. They're like, um, like who would want to buy books online? Like, let's, let's be real here. How on earth would you want to, like, you can go to the library and you can borrow them or you can go to a bookstore. This is just, I don't understand how on earth you would want to do this idea. But Jeff Bezos was so passionate about it. He stuck to it. He invested in it, and he didn't. He didn't cross. He didn't. He didn't ever waver. Um, it looks a little awkward. There's actually a picture um, that's circulated over and over again. If you Google it right now, you could find it. But it's basically a picture of Jeff Bezos um, at his desk, um, and it just shows the little dinky, depressing desk, and it says Amazon.com on the wall. It's hilarious, but it's amazing because it shows how this dude. We all think like, oh, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. This guy's amazing. But you look at this photo, guaranteed, you look at this photo, and it does not look like a billionaire. This guy's like the richest in the world. You guys have to remember that. He's the richest person in the world. And he does not, it, it is a depressing looking picture. I encourage you, look it up. Just even type in Jeff Bezos at his desk. That's B-E-Z-O-S, Bezos. But this guy decided that from the get-go he would have a vision and he was going to stick to that vision no matter how hard it was because he could see the returns. He could see the potential. And that's crazy to me, personally. I, I, I think it's incredible how some people are just born with this, I don't know, in, I, personal incentive um, or intrinsic motivation to believe in a cause and not let it die. And I think that that's missing more and more in society because we're more results-based now. I think that especially with technology, there's more ways to track marketing. There's more ways to track getting people's attention. That's okay if you're a young person and you're snoozing right now because you don't know what this means. 
That's okay. Stick with me for a little bit. But Jeff Bezos believed in what Amazon could become. And he's always stayed innovative. It's not just a book company. Obviously, we all know that now. He turned it into online shopping, which was not always a thing. Millennials and Generation Z or whatever you are. And for the older generation, obviously, you know, uh, I'm not that old. But I have been around before the internet, which I'm proud of because at least I can tie that in a little bit and be like, hey, guys, I I don't know exactly what it was like before the internet, but apparently I was around. Um, But with Jeff Bezos, is it Bezos? Bezos? I just like saying Bezos. I want to look it up. Uh, It doesn't really tell me. Doesn't really tell me how to pronounce your name, so it doesn't really matter. Is Wikipedia going to help me? I'm looking. No, it just does something funky. That doesn't matter. Okay. You're going to, it doesn't matter. If you guys hate how I call his name, then just correct me. Please, that's fine. Jeff Bezos, though, this guy turned it into not just books. Not only did he succeed at books and with the Kindle, but then he turned Amazon into an online store. And with that online store, he started buying different businesses that he's now made better, like the Washington Post he's made better. He's got his own aerospace company called Blue Origin, which he founded in 2000. Like, this guy has done so much. But why is that? Was it luck? Was it, oh, well, he just, you know, he happened to find, you know, he happened to find one good thing, if I could predict the future too. I think this dude kind of got the equation that this company would only go as far as he invested in it, personally. He would only go, it would only go as far as he believed in it. And yes, don't get me wrong, there are failed businesses every day and it had to be a good idea. But I feel like there's a lot of people out there, me included, who underestimate the power of return on investment, an ROI. You know, we, and I think maybe, and again, now I'm I'm really ranting, so bear with me, but I, I think that, you know, the, the economical downturn that happened in the United States, you know, I don't know tons about that. I just remember trying to read and, and learn more into it. Apparently, a lot of it was based on real estate. Correct me if I'm wrong. Whistleblowers, go ahead. That's fine. Again, this podcast is awfully casual. So, you know, maybe down the road, I'll get a little bit more refined. But that's not the idea of this podcast right now. It's just to, you know, voice my thoughts and I'd love to hear yours. But with the economical downturn, you know, I I had heard and read that a lot of it was based on people forfeiting their houses, forfeiting on their mortgages, because, you know, Jimmy went to school, got into $50,000 of post-secondary debt, uh, got a good job at a good firm somewhere, and wanted mom and dad's house right away, rather than living for as long as mom and dad have, saving their money and buying said nice house. And so Jimmy found that he couldn't budget properly, couldn't take care of this house that he can't afford, but he wanted everything now. A lot of people financing their cars, buying this huge house, and still fighting off school debt. Again, that's just my, from my perspective, a lot of it happened on the housing markets. And so, you know, banks were foreclosing on people, people were losing their houses, the real estate market just collapsed, and it led to a lot of a bad thing. But again, I feel like about that, the principle remained that a lot of people weren't willing to wait to invest and wait for the return. It's the law. And that's why it brings us back to that hockey example, because I feel like no matter what in our life, you can choose to be three types of people. Okay, and it's probably not going to work with my hockey analogy because they actually serve a good purpose and it's awesome. But you're going to get some people that are more cautious than others. 
And in my mind, that's like the defender. We're going to omit the goalie because the goalie's meant to just stop pucks from going in the net. I don't have an analogy for that, okay? So just hear me out. But a lot in this life, there are defenders, and they kind of coast in their own zone. They really don't take a chance unless they see something or a wide-open shot. And you watch hockey. Again, if you don't like hockey, that's cool. There's no judgment there. Every sport, heck, sports in general is not for everybody. I have many friends that make me chuckle, and they don't kill me because even though I love sports and love talking about it, we can still get along fine without us having to talk about statistics all the time, okay, because I'm a huge sports nerd. But with defenders, if you watch hockey or Google it, you know, they don't take a chance unless something's wide open or they finally, like, take the the guts they have and be like, okay, I'll go into the other person's area and try a shot or something. Like, it's very rare to see a defender score a lot of goals or have a lot of points because they typically are not paid to take chances. They are paid to play defense. And so in life, I feel like a lot of people are more naturally ingrained to defend. They're they're there. They don't like to take risks. Okay, you following? Then you get the other extreme and you get the forwards, the right wing or the left wing in this example for hockey. Um, Their job is to score. And they're very much so on the offense all the time. They, they, they try to get it in their, the other opposition zone. They try to look for opportunities. They take, shot. take shots. Take shots. Take shots. Okay? Then you've got your third personality, which I've already talked about, who's the center. And we've already known what he kind of does. He kind of plays both sides. But that's my point. I think everyone is kind of... It's very rare. Maybe Jeff Bezos was born a center. But it's very rare. I feel like there's a lot of people that are born to take shots like crazy. And there are a lot of people born to be a defender. And they like it like that. So you've got a lot of people. And you might, I don't think it's necessarily a personality thing. Because I think a lot of introverts. Because I was going to say that maybe it's it's to equate to introverts and extroverts. I don't think it's like that. Because a lot of introverts are actually amazing businessmen. Because they don't take things personally. And they take shots when they see it. So this is... This is excluding the idea that I'm talking about extroverts and introverts. I am not. I'm talking about people who are more likely to take risks, and whether that's calculated risks or, uh, you know, the fly by the seat of their pants people, there are people out there that when they see an opportunity, they don't hesitate, they take the shot, and they hope it goes in. Then you get the defenders. They either want a job that they can work at for 30 to 40 years, or they want good benefits, or they want a neighborhood and never move, and they don't like making too many new friends, whereas the forwards out there trying to make as many friends as possible, they go into tons of business ventures or crazy relationships. Okay, this is this this analogy or example should hopefully cover quite a bit of ground. Again, I'm not speaking on anything rocket sciencey. I'm just saying that it's just been an observation. I feel like that's what I wanted to talk about today. I feel like. A lot of us have the responsibility to try to learn how to play in the middle. Well, Russ, what if you know, you're know you more successful being a defender? Are you saying everyone should be a center? To a degree, yeah, I am. Because I think that there's a lot of us out there who have dreams and desires, and they're afraid to take the shot. But then there's the opposite side where people are taking too many shots on too many impulsive desires and dreams and they burn out or they burn relationships or they sink or they get themselves into trouble and they're not taking calculated risks. So I'm saying there's a balance. But I think the natural law that I was talking about, you know, which brings us back to my terrible understanding of Newton law, is that you only get what you give. Think about that. You only get what you give. 
if you feel lonely, and this is not, I'm not trying to be condemning at all, and I'm not trying to be like, suck it up princess here. I'm just saying my observations, okay? That's what this is about. This is about me observing and telling you what I feel like is what I've seen, okay? But if you feel lonely and you feel like no one cares about you, join a social group. I know that might sound terrifying to introverts, okay? So join an introverted group. Go in a chat room or something or or try to do an online community or try to turn on your mic a little bit more when you do an online MMORPG. Uh, For people that don't know what that means, I think that means something massive online role-playing game. People kill me. That's fine. Multiplayer massive? Massive multiplayer online role-playing game? I digress. Join, like, if you want relationships, you have to invest in relationships. If you want compassion, you need to show compassion. If you want people to be generous to you, or, you know, you know, you know, treat you right, you know, maybe they'll get your coffee once in a while, I think you need to be generous. Well, Russ, well, what, like, what if you're just being nice for the sake of getting people to be nice to you? Like, isn't that manipulative? I don't think so, unless all you want from people is their money or their fake affection. I think if you sincerely want good relationships, I think you got to invest in good relationships. But I think life is what you make it. So if you're feeling like you're lacking in an area of your life, I think maybe you're playing either too much defense or you've overshot and you're playing too much offense. Okay, do you see where I'm coming from? I'm not trying to be like overly sportsy, but this is the only way that it made sense in my head. All right? And again, I don't have any fancy quotes for you or any fancy statistics. I just have this thought process that I've been going through. That's the whole point of this podcast is to get it out there. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, uh, whether you disagree or agree. I'm okay with disagreement. I would love to hear examples where you're like, you know what I've actually found? Like if, if you play a little bit more defense actually or whatever, that's cool. That's what this is about. But in my personal perspective, the things that I've accomplished thus far, from my standpoint, have only been obtained to the degree that I've gotten them by investing how much I have so far. Like my wife, we've been married for six years, we've had our ups and downs for sure. No relationship is perfect. But, I mean, I think our marriage is healthy, and I don't think it's because we always smile or we're, we never fight. I actually think that's the exact opposite. And that may be a rant for another day, not talking about marriage today. But I've put work in. My wife and I, you know, there's a book out there I do not know. You know what? Heck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you guys all a favor, okay? So we're going to look it up here. So hang on. Who wrote this book? It's called The Five Love Languages. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. There you go. Man, the power of the internet is phenomenal, okay? Now, this, you might have heard of it. You might never have actually looked into it. I do encourage you, you don't necessarily have to read the book. You can even just Google what the five love languages are. To be honest with you, that is what I've done is I've grown up in a household where my parents read the book and then I got to kind of glean from what they told me. And I, to this day, still remember. But basically, my wife and I subscribe to the school of the five love languages, which is physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and quality time. Okay, five, five things. And if you, and, and, and they, the book's premise, I believe, is that everyone has at least one or two dominant love languages and then the rest of them kind of mix. Some people have more. Obviously, every person's different. Maybe one person loves every love language the same. 
But I'm not like that, and neither is my wife. But we're actually quite different in how we like our love languages. Like, my two main love languages are physical touch, because I think my wife's beautiful and sexy, and I, I like to kiss her and hold her, okay? I, this, is not, this is not getting crude or inappropriate. I'm just telling you guys that that's, I love that, okay? But also, if you're my friend, or I get to meet you, you'll see me put my hand on your shoulder, or like pat your back and be like, what's up, bud? Or shake your hand, or give you a hug as a friend, because again, physical touch is a love language. Uh, that is like my, that's one of my favorite things, is just letting people know that I'm close and vice versa, okay? Um, words of affirmation. And that's a very complicated way of saying you like people saying nice things about you. All right? Affirmation is to affirm. So people being like, Russ, you know, you're, you're doing so good. Or, hey, Russ, I really appreciate you. Whatever. That is a love language that really fills my love language tank. Okay? My wife used to love physical touch, and she still does to a degree. But I would say her two main love languages are quality time, so spending one-on-one time together, dates, stuff like that, and gifts. Which sucks for me because I am like a frugal how to write descendant and I hate spending money. So when you get my wife who loves gifts and things being paid for out of the blue or, you know, getting her flowers, getting her presents, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm not going to lie to you. I struggle a lot with gifts. But the idea behind this, again, okay, based on our marriage and the investment, this is what I'm talking about. I have had to not give my wife my love languages because that is totally my default. If I'm based on physical touch, obviously I want to hug her more, I want to kiss her more, but that doesn't totally fill her love tank, okay? I hope you're tracking with me. And she could give me all the gifts in the world, okay, um, and, and spend a lot of quality time, time, but it wouldn't fill up my love tank. You got you to gotta encourage and affirm me, and you got to give me some physical love, and to her, I got to give her gifts, and I got to give her my undivided attention, my quality time. Which, as you might tell from my personality, that's kind of hard to do sometimes because, in my personal opinion, I'm quite a distracted person, okay? So, the idea behind this is that I've had to invest in weaker love languages in order to get a healthier marriage going. Because, again, the default is that I would want to give of what I am good at. And this has taken a long time to get decent at, and I'm still not very good at it. My wife, thankfully, has a lot of grace for me. But our marriage remains intact and doing okay because we're not afraid to try to invest in it still. But again, there's a risk of being hurt. There's a risk of only getting back nothing, right? Because it's a two-person game, marriages. And you got to be willing to sacrifice maybe, well, what if my wife doesn't reciprocate the way that I want her to? Or what if I don't get back what I've put into it? That is also a scary risk that can happen in relationships. I'm not saying that. But again, I'm choosing to be the center on my hockey team. See how I brought it all back? I'm choosing to be a center, even though it might be scary and there might not be a lot in it for me in the long run, okay? But I think I'm going to get back more because I'm choosing to sacrifice more. So, which brings us back to, again, with, like, the whole Jeff Bezos thing and, you know, how he stuck through it. A lot of people didn't believe in him in an online bookstore. People thought it would never take off. And yet, now, look at him. He's worth over $160, $170 billion. Multiple companies that he owns. He's doing, like, Amazon Prime is making movies now. He's doing space travel. There are so many cool things that have come about. But it's because he understood, whether intrinsically or someone educated him, that, Jeff, if you stick to something you believe in, you're going to get back a reward or you're going to get back some returns. So, 
my question for you guys for the week to think about is what are you currently investing or not investing in in your life? What are some dreams that you've had? I want to hear about it. Do you want to be an author? Do you want to be a magician? What? What do you want to do? Do you want to be an athlete? Um, or what are you not taking enough shots in? Or what are you taking too many shots on? Like, are you jumping at every business venture or every idea that your friends come up with? Are you unable to be single and you just want a girlfriend or a boyfriend every time? These are the things that are tough to think about, but if you really focus on what's important and you really focus your efforts, I think you're going to see some cool stuff happen. Now, I can't promise that. I don't want any angry letters being like, dude, I took your advice and you know my girlfriend broke up with me. Okay, I'm signing the waiver form right now. I'm not responsible for that. You are driving your own ship. Congratulations. But what I am saying is if we don't pay attention, life will pass us by and we'll either not get enough return on our investment because we invested nothing or we're going to run out of cash or run out of emotional equity or run out of the effort to even try to do anything in our lives because we're spent, because we're bankrupt. Okay, life is tricky that way. You got to play both ways. You got to play on offense. You got to play on defense. You got to come back and help. You also got to try to trade scoring chances. chances. Okay, okay, okay. I don't care again if you're a sports fan. I think it makes sense. I really do. So that's my quick Russ rants. I hope you guys have a great killer week. Seriously. Oh, and one last thing I want to finish on. This whole concept I'm talking about. Um, I kind of gave a little bit of a blurb on Facebook. You can probably find it. Um, if you already watched it, thank you very much for, for watching it. I hope you got something out of it. But basically, I went on a run. And it was not the best weather out. It was very chilly. But I decided to go out in my running outfit anyways. I was wearing shorts and I had like my running shirt, whatever. In the very beginning of that run, I'm not an in-shape person by any means, by the way. So I'm not also going to reiterate the movie or the video. That's not the point. But by starting to run... I was very cold, uncomfortable, my body was not enjoying it. But as I began to run, my body responded to my actions and my actions actually started to change the way I felt about running and I was actually able to run quite a ways and enjoy my run. That is the Coles Notes on the whole movie. You can find it on Facebook. Look me up, Russell Bird. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L Bird, B-Y-R-D, living in Calgary, Alberta. You can probably find the video. I'm pretty sweaty and I'm talking about running. But the idea is that when I was actually willing to give and push myself towards a goal, I got something back. Okay, again, so I'm not talking about any rocket science or anything like that, but I'd be very curious. What have been some things that you've invested in that you've not gotten a back a return on? I'd love to know that. Share your story. But what are some things that you're afraid to take a chance on? Are you scared to think that you're a really good singer or that you're a really good performer? Or are you scared to think that you could be a lawyer? You know, everyone's different, but the concept remains. You're either too much of a defender or you're too much on offense. I think you got to be a center. And I'm not perfect. I'm struggling right now. But this whole podcast thing is me deciding not to be a defender on my dreams to be more involved in media. So it's not going to be perfect. My volume is going to be all over the place. You're going to think that my 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 podcast website profile is pretty, pretty doofy looking right now. That's okay. I'm deciding to take a shot. But I also did too many things in the past where I was trying to spread out my darts and try to hit a bullseye somewhere and that wasn't getting anywhere so I had to hold back on that so you see there's a balance so that's it thank you very much for joining me on Russ Rants I hope you got something out of it um, again comment put anything down really appreciate your time and I hope you guys have a good one we will talk to you next week thanks again bye bye 
Thank you again for listening to this episode of Russ Rants. You can find me on podbean.com. Just type in R-U-S-S-R-A-N-T-Z. Or you can find me on Twitter at B-Y-R-D underscore Russ. Or on Instagram at P-U-1-L-C-E-Y. We'll see you again on the next episode.